This is Always Advancing with your host, Josh Sanchez, the podcast created for multidimensional individuals, those that are looking to enhance their human experience and activate their state of self-actualization. Tune in each week for growth hacks and inspiring interviews to help you advance and actualize your full potential. I appreciate your attention and I'm grateful for your awareness. Let's go. Hiyo Advancers! Mindfulness has become quite the buzzword as of recent times, but it really has been around for millennia. There is an abundance of research and data out there that show mindfulness has positive effects for the quality of life, focus, decreased stress, and productivity. Yet most of us have a very ill-disposed view when it comes to quiet time and scheduling out a slot for empty space. The normal objection is I don't have time, you know, general life stresses and and technological distractions fill these spaces. The summation of the typical American lifestyle is increased stress, ambiguous thoughts that dominate our mental energy and overall decrease in life satisfaction. Mindfulness has been synonymous with the mental picture of a Buddhist monk in a lotus pose something only rooted in Eastern philosophy practices. Yet it's a cornerstone to enhance your mental performance inadvertently will bring you to a greater awareness of yourself, increase your productivity in your work, and give your sympathetic nervous system, which is the only constant in your life right now, a break. All of these amazing benefits from living a more mindful existence, in all of which I believe can be catalyzed by movement, breathing, and meditative practices. I'll break this podcast episode into four sections, meditation, flow, decreased stress, and self-transformation. I hope, Advancers, you guys are as excited as I am because the first section we're covering is mindfulness meditation. What you practice grows stronger. We know this now with studies coming out of neurology, a term called neural plasticity. We can actually sculpt and strengthen our synaptic connections. Even more amazing, when analyzing the brains of those that meditate regularly, the areas related to attention, learning, and compassion are bigger and stronger and continue to grow. This scientific term is called cortical thickening, the growth of new neurons in response to repeated practice. If what research out of Harvard says is even somewhat true, that our mind wanders 40% of the time, then half of you listening in the last couple minutes have had to refocus your attention. Seriously though, that's almost half of our lives that we're missing. Half of mindfulness is bringing awareness to this fact and retaining our mind to focus on the here and now. I can promise you if mindfulness And quieting your ambiguous mind has not been a daily practice. Focusing the ambiguous thoughts and staying grounded and present will be strenuous and a surprisingly perverse practice for you. I'm just being honest. What is mindfulness meditation? Well, Advancers, it's a form of meditation that is training the brain to be present. It's based on thousands of years of wisdom and tradition from out of Asia. One way to do it or get into this meditation is focus on the belly. Pay attention with intention. So first, I want you to place a hand on your belly 
and observe two breaths, an inhale and an exhale. Really feel what that feels like, the expansion and the contraction of your stomach. With your awareness on your thoughts, feelings and emotions you want to release. Every time your mind wanders from your sensory awareness, this touch of your hand on your belly, you want to bring it back. Think of it like training your brain. With time, be compassionate, be patient with yourself. You'll learn to work with your mind and be present to the here and the now. The idea of this is fairly simple, guys. You're using multiple senses in a daily practice to quiet the ambiguous mind. Having a meditative practice in your daily life is crucial to avoid being taken for a ride by your mind constantly. And if the research is right, 47% or half of the time. So really any practice that brings you to the present moment. I mean, I've heard tons of experts, tons of those who've created prolific and amazing contributions on this planet. It's almost sixes across the board. Everyone has either a mindfulness or meditation practice or a writing practice, which one could you or one could say is a form of meditation as well when you're deep in reflection and deep in writing. Uh, another method that I like is it's called three by three. This one was created by Phil Boisier. He's an adult ADH and couples counsel specialist based in San Francisco. The 3 by 3 method is this. One, name a physical object in your environment. Name it and repeat it three times. So here I'll give you an example. I'm in my studio. I have lights. I have a laptop and I have a podcast mic in front of me. So I will name the object, right? Take a deep breath. Inhale. Inhale slowly and then exhale slowly, three seconds in and three seconds out. So I'm going to inhale and then exhale for a count of three. And then I'm going to name the object. So I'm going to look at the object, laptop. Inhale, exhale. Look at the next object, podcast mic. Inhale, exhale, next object, light, right? So in this example, he also gives a pro tip or keep in mind not to fall into a particular trap whilst doing this to add subjective descriptors to your objects. Just name them with one word, right? Or if there's a person next to you, don't say Todd or Emma or Mary. So amazing. They smell really good. Just name the object, deep breathe in, breathe out. Another one is called stop. This is easy to remember. S-T-O-P, stop. Stop is an acronym for stop, take a deep breath, observe, and proceed. This brings you back to the present moment. Something I like to say consistently with my partner is your presence is a present and powerful presence comes with being powerfully present. That leads us into section two, flow. Flow is an essential element of mindfulness. We have this phenomenal opportunity to practice mindfulness moment by moment, not just when we are meditating, but every moment. Mihai Csik Szentmihalyi, a Hungarian psychology professor, it was a concept introduced by him when he became fascinated by how artists got lost in their work. When he talked to athletes, painters, or scientists, they all described to him similar feelings of heightened focus. Flow. 
A composer interviewed by Mihai said, You are in an ecstatic state to such a point that you feel as though you almost don't exist. My hands seem devoid of myself, and I have nothing to do with what is happening. I just sit there in a state of awe and wonderment, and the music just flows out of me. Being in flow causes a physiological and physical state change where when we are doing a task at hand, we become completely present with it. Instead of divided in any way, there are no contradictory energies interfering with the flow of our focus, either internally or externally. Many people report a state of selflessness and ego demise, and we are fully immersed in the enjoyment of the activity it takes almost no effort to do said thing and our productivity goes through the roof. The energy that we extend toward that thing feels good and fulfilling instead of depleting. It is as if doing that thing in and of itself renews you. It was this continuity across different professions of being in a river or a flowing like water uh, that gave the inspiration to call this state of higher consciousness flow. The ideal was conceptualized by the Hungarian psychologist, but the state is as old as humanity is. Historical resources suggest that Michelangelo was in a state of flow while painting the Sixteen Chapel. It was reported the, that he would paint for days without eating or sleeping. Bruce Lee instructs, empty your mind, be formless and shapeless like water. The three big ideas of flow. Flow silences our inner critic. Flow accelerates the path to mastery. And flow is hackable. One uh, tip here for conditions for flow is, one, you have to be involved in an activity with a clear set of goals and progress. So you have to be involved in an activity with a clear set of goals and progress. Two, the task at hand must have a clear and immediate feedback. Three, there must be a good balance between the perceived challenges of a task and one's perceived skills. So he developed a model to give a visual representation of this balance needed with a Y and X axis starting from low to high on the Y axis, the challenge level and low to high on the X axis for skill level. Eight stages in a spiral in between the Y and X axis. So just Google the flow state chart for visual reference. It's a little bit hard to describe uh, on this podcast. It's a visual chart. What he states as this elusive flow state is high on the challenge level and high on the skill level. If you're not familiar with Jamie Wheel from the Flow Genome Project, and a specialist in neuroscience of the flow state. He cites that McKenzie came out with 50 years worth of research to show that this state is the holy grail of productivity. So major companies, including Microsoft, Ericsson, Patagonia, and Toyota have realized that being able to control and harness this feeling of flow is the epitome of any manager. It brings new levels of joy and excitement by little things, even if they are repetitive, because it puts you into flow. Lastly, how do you make this state last? There's a consensus that says, you know, guiding principles of meaning and purpose or what psychologists call intrinsic value. This is an underlying principle that we live by that allows us to tap into flow. Decrease stress for potential of therapeutic use in tandem with mindfulness. 
there was a study with the relationship between deep breathing and blood pressure in a large Japanese population. The subjects were recruited from randomly selected clinics and hospitals that were members of a medical association and divided into two groups. In one group, blood pressure was measured before and after taking six deep breaths over a period of 30 seconds. And the other group, blood pressure was measured before and after a 30-second rest in a sitting position without deep breathing. Before these measurements, all patients rested 10 or more minutes in a waiting room and another two minutes or more in the doctor's office. Analyses were performed on data collected from 21,563 subjects in both groups, systolic blood pressure, SBP, diastolic blood pressure, DBP, and pulse rate, PR, were significantly reduced after deep breathing or a 30-second rest compared with the baseline measurements. By changing patterns of breathing, we can change our emotional state and how we think and how we interact with the world, also our presence and awareness moment by moment. One of the most common benefits of practicing mindfulness and breathing techniques in the workplace is the decrease in stress and psychological stress experienced by employees. Research Grigori and Lachance 2015 found that call center employees who took part in a brief mindfulness intervention reported decreased stress, anxiety, depression, fatigue, and negative effect while also experiencing greater satisfaction at work. A study on mindfulness for public sector employees showed that this group was also able to benefit from the mental effects of mindfulness. These employees reported less stress, reduced psychological distress, and improved social functioning and quality of life. For many of us, the practicality of these findings boils down to having scientific evidence that confirms what we already know. Our breathing is related to our emotional state. Slowing breath really can calm you down. Here are a few breathing techniques to de-stress and become more mindful. Number one, pursed lip breathing. With shoulders relaxed, take a breath for about two counts. Then pucker your lips for a four count exhale. Do this for a few rounds. Number two, diaphragmatic breathing. With your shoulders back, keep one hand on your chest and the other on your belly. As you breathe in deeply for about two seconds, your belly should stick out a bit. Feel the air expanding your stomach and then breathe out slowly through the lips. Four, seven, eight. You exhale through your mouth and then close it and inhale through your nose for a four count. You hold the breath in for seven counts, then release it in the eight counts. Then release it in eight counts. And repeat at least three times. Breathe through the nose for four counts, hold your breath in for seven counts, and release for eight counts. You hold in that breath, you want to exhale slowly. Number three, tactical breathing. Inhale for four counts, then hold for four, four counts, exhale for six counts, and then hold for two counts. Repeat. Inhale four counts, then hold for four counts, exhale for six counts, and hold for two counts, and then repeat. Coherent breathing. Your aim is five to six breaths a minute. If you inhale for five seconds and then exhale for five seconds, your body parts are working in unison and in harmony. I want to remind you that there's a wrong way to breathe and that proper anatomical breathing is imperative to overall health 
and longevity. If you need a refresher on this, listen to episode number two for a breakdown on proper breathing and also go pick up a book called Breathe by Dr. Belisa Vranich. Lastly, section four, self-transformation. From birth to the present day, our self, our experience of being someone, our wants, our fears, our desires, values, and expectations, the entirety of our self-identity is continually constructed by a process of moment-by-moment self-analysis. This includes overall perception, sensory awareness, and evaluations. Through neuropsychology, and the dissection of the brain stem's filtration system, it can be said that by the time you turn 30, you will have 2 billion moments that make you, you. With this newfound meta-awareness of the mind, meta-awareness then becomes a tool of necessity to transform who you were and who you are becoming. The nuances are brought to light of your negative mental habits, anger, shame, anxiety, fear, sadness. A term coined by Harvard researchers, activity-dependent plasticity through the lens of meditation and mindfulness. It's a systematic form of mental training involving meditation, and it can potentially transform yourself and your mental habits in a positive way. It improves our mental habits of attention at the conscious and unconscious levels. It gives us more conscious awareness to put energy into areas of our life we need to improve on to get to the next level in self-mastery. Advanced studies, the frontal polar cortex, which is the most evolved part of our brains and is responsible for supporting meta-awareness, in conjunction with the insula and dorsal anterior cingulate cortex, these regions of the brain work together in a complex attentional network referred to as the, the frontal parietal control network. So what does the frontal parietal control network, why am I defining terms um, that a lot of us who do not study neuroscience or uh, these meta-awareness researches or metacognition hacks, why am I using these big words? Because it's pretty important. Let me explain. To allow yourself to be continuously aware of your body's kinesthetically and to reflexively switch from internal mental processing and thinking of the outside world. That's what the frontal parietal control network does. It allows you to reflexively switch to from the internal mental processing and then also thinking of the outside world and also connect kinesthetically. Your body awareness is heightened. In the findings across all major neuroscience studies on mindfulness, they conclude that the more one meditates, the more one grows this attentional network. Other findings show that meditation protects from the age-related atrophy that's common among those that don't, and it also decreases ruminative types of processing. This potentially means it has the ability to physically transform our brain and literally rewire our brain and change our negative mental habits to positive ones, giving you the mental prowess to choose how you feel emotionally and physically moment by moment. You tell me that isn't a catalyst to mental high performance. You tell me that this isn't a catalyst to mental high performance, and I'll show you thousands of studies that prove otherwise. Look into the five-second rule as well for motivation, a book by Mel Robbins that has hacked metacognitive research to boost productivity and action-taking. 
In closing, there are quite literally thousands of studies that show mindfulness is good for us advancers. Choice is the last form of freedom. Using mindfulness is a choice. Having control of the mind is the ultimate freedom. Happiness and satisfaction is not in the distant future. It's actually available to all of us in every moment. It blooms naturally from a state of mind that is calm and not agitated and peaceful. This episode included numerous potential benefits of practicing mindfulness, including decreased stress and psychological distress in adults and employees, enhanced mental health and functioning, increased emotional regulation and self-control, decreased anxiety, depression, worry, and rumination, higher conscious states that improved ability to focus and improved attention and productivity, improved meta-awareness and ability to transform your brain's functions, reduce symptoms of burnout in employees, enhanced job performance, increased ability to cope with stressful situation, enhanced resilience, tenacity, and self-reliance, overall, increased overall quality of life, mindfulness works, it strengthens our immune function, decreases cortisol and stress hormones, and helps us sleep better. It also yields neuroplasticity, is in the most basic level, the ability of the brain to change and adapt over time. There are so many amazing benefits to practicing mindfulness, with more being discovered all the time, with such positive potential outcomes. The reason not to practice mindfulness are quickly evaporating. That's it. Thanks for tuning in. If I brought you any value today, please subscribe for notifications of next week's episode. I would truly appreciate it. Also, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Connect to our community on social media. We are building a tribe of self-actualized grow-getters. Those that implement the practice of lifelong learning, understanding it will catalyze self-actualization, the ultimate production of the human spirit. Find your baseline and grow every day. Till next time, advancers, make the rest of your day the best of your day.